What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 187. On this episode, I'm joined by Southern Comfort. Uh, we talk about our Patreon, the merch shop, the weather, TV shows, Hulu, Big Brother, the real world, Watchmen, basketball, and then we each give uh, five hip hop artists to check out. Uh, thanks for checking us out. podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, first things first, you listener, you listener with extra money, even a dollar of extra money, you should go to patreon.com slash podcast with Mo. Give any amount of money you want a month and you'll get early access to all of the podcast episodes if you give enough, you can be a co-producer like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharma Nishta Bear, and Pow Wow. And I hope those are all still correct because I haven't checked in a while. I'll check it after this. Um, so anyway, yeah, they keep the shit going. We also have a merch shop. I don't think I mentioned in the last episode. I keep forgetting. And um, yeah, I'll put a link to that in this as well. And we have some pretty cool uh, podcast t-shirts, I feel like. So um, anyway... Go check that out if you're interested. Um, so this week, let me give a call to the homie Southern Comfort. I think this is his third time on, maybe. And uh, yeah, that's our plan to have him on more often. Um, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I don't really have that much plan. Besides, we try to do our like top five music artists we're listening to at the moment sort of thing. So I know we'll do that. So um, anyway, let's give him a call and uh, see what we uh, talk about. Uh, so what's up, man? Nothing much, brother. Nothing much. Just uh, chilling here, having a nice, cool night here in Georgia. Yeah, it's been temperature wise, it's been cool here the this week, but it's like really muggy, like real thick in the air. So even though it's not necessarily like hot, hot, it's still like sweaty. Yeah, we're facing the same thing now. During the day, it's hot as balls. Like it's it's not even human to be outside during the day. Like I prefer it inside. <laughs> oh yeah, always. Most definitely. Yeah, it, well, we got a lot of rain uh, this week, so that's, I think, why it's so humid. But it's fucking weird. I just wish we could all be back in quarantine where we just stay indoors all the time. That's what I enjoyed. Yeah, I, I loved it. What I'm uh, not looking forward to is if, if they do the whole uh, spring forward fallback thing with the clocks. Like, I kind of like having these long days where the sun stays out till like, 9 o'clock. Like, I'm not looking forward to it getting dark at 5 o'clock and shit like that. I would never like that during the winter. It'll get down to like, I mean, even if they didn't fall back, it would still get down to like six o'clock. But yeah, the I think the fall back, I think gets us back to normal. I think springing forward is the us altering it. But I I could be wrong. Weird one. Yeah, I I guess I like the altered state then. (laughs) Like, I I like when I look outside and it's like eight o'clock at night and it still looks like it's daytime. Like, I, I dig that. Uh, see, I, I kind of, I love the winter myself. I like it being cold as fuck, where it's so cold, you don't even want to go outside. And um, like it just makes sense to stay indoors. I'm all about it. I'm all, all about my hoodies and thermals, too. I, I do like breaking those up. Right, exactly. And, you know, when I was growing up, it was like, in the summer, there was nothing you could do to get colder. You know, whereas now I'm an adult and we just turn the air conditioner down and fucking we're going to pay out the ass for electricity. But that wasn't how my parents were going to do it. But in the winter, you could always get under more blankets or put on more clothes. So I guess I always was like, yeah, the winter's oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm fucking famous for putting on like two and three pair of sweatpants and <laughs> just, just bundling up. Right. So, it's you get myself do, to the temperature I want. Um, so what if... Uh, What's been your source of entertainment lately? Uh, I've been getting into some TV. Uh, the last show I finished, it was a, I guess they call it adult, adult animation, but it's called Solar Opposites. Kind of in the same vein of like a Rick and Morty or American Dad. Yeah. But, uh, I, I really enjoyed that. It's, they just came out with it. I watched season one on Hulu. I got uh, the Hulu, the one with the ads. It's right. like six bucks a month or something like that. I went ahead and signed up for that. So yeah, I got that one. pretty cool. Yeah, I, I've heard you talk about it, and I've never known anybody that actually had it. And then my mom called me and 
she kept raving about Hulu, and she's like, Hulu, y'all should get Hulu. I was like, all right, mom, I'm, I'm gonna try it out, <laughs> and I'll I mean, see. And we actually fucking love it, so like, I I have to give it to her. I was like, okay, you knew what you were talking about on that one. Yeah, I I've been with Hulu for a really long time. Uh, like when it first started, I mean, Netflix existed, of course, when when Hulu started, but it was very bare. It was like it was only there so that you could watch the shows that you missed the night before. If that makes sense. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like it added anything on, especially if you had like DVR type stuff. Right. Like, it was kind of like it, an it online DVR. Right. So it you would, and you didn't have to pay money for it or back then or whatever. So it'd be like, uh, if you had it, it'd be like the last five episodes of basically everything that was on the Alphabet channel, you know, ABC, NBC, uh, CBS, and Fox, anything that was on those, the last five episodes for the most part would be on there it seemed like so like you could you could kind of catch up on tv but they didn't really have full seasons of stuff so they've definitely grown over the years yeah i remember i remember signing up for free hulu and i also remember being annoyed by it <laughs> like for some reason i didn't like it and then i was just like nah this this is not worth it right. but now, now i got like digital tvs and shit and smart tv so now it actually makes sense to have i would recommend fresh hulu off the boat all that other stuff. on hulu i think you would like it um i was it was i did i watched half a season one back when it first came out and i fell off of it so i I probably would pick that back up yeah i just remember that was probably the last thing on hulu that i watched that i was like i didn't think i would like but i went ahead and watched anyway and then i was like oh this is fucking awesome you know because sitcoms i think are hard for me to get into but if i find the right one i'm all about it yeah a lot of them they they seem so formulated and i don't know almost corny sometimes right so like you watch them and you're like, ah, I can't like this. But every once in a while you find that one where it's like, okay, they, they took it in just enough of a different direction for me to get into this one. Yeah. I mean, corniness, like, you know, in rap music is the one thing I think I, I try my hardest to avoid because I feel like so many white rappers are corny, you know, not just, I mean, there's black rappers that are corny too, but, and other races, but you know, in general, I think that's <laughs> something, uh. That happens, so I try really hard to avoid that. And I agree with TV shows. I don't really like corniness that much. Like, maybe every once in a while, the right campy show I can get into. But in general, that is definitely not the vibe I go for. Nah, me neither. I like my comedy dark. And if it's going to be a serious show, like it's got to be serious to the point where it blows my mind. Like, the twists and turns. Right. I mean, <laughs> like, it's got to go pretty deep. Right now, we're in the middle of Umbrella Academy Season 2. And uh, uh, I, I binged that the other day. Loved it. Right. I'm really, really digging it. Um, during season one, I remember I really liked it, but I just wanted so much more. You know, I was like, fuck, I want more. I just wanted more of the world explained. And then this, you know, I'm about to say I'm like halfway right. through it. And so some more is getting explained, but there's still more like what's going on. So um, I think it'll definitely be one that once it's all said and done, if they do enough I and do it the right way, I'll really be into it. But I, I, you know, if I would, if I read and read graphic novels and stuff, I'd look into the source material because I do think it's very cool. I think it's very cool. But it also sucks that it and an Amazon Prime show called The Boys, which is also a superhero show, and it's also very good. It's a comedy and kind of dark. Um, it can, they're both their first seasons came out like within a month of each other, and then again that's happening. Like it, the boys is about to come out its second season, so I'm gonna watch that again. And, and what's gonna happen is they're gonna get like intertwined in my brain as the same show, even though they're not. You know, <laughs> and mix them all up. Like uh, on the boys, it's more like classic superheroes. You know, where I guess uh, Umbrella Academy is more of like a take like on. Superheroes, kind of right. Like I think the Umbrella Academy is more like X Men, like a, a take on that a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, the boys is like, what if there was like an Avengers, but they were kind of corrupt, and you know they got paid money to do shit. Like it was, it's, I don't, it's just a fun take on it. Like they're not really all that great, the heroes. So, and you follow a girl that gets in. I like the. And she's like, uh, you know, a Girl Scout type of like follows the rules. And she's starting to realize like, oh, all my heroes I grew up loving do not. <laughs> and like, I don't know, it's just a really good take on it. So These heroes are dirty cops. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, so I would recommend the boys as well if y'all have Amazon Prime out there. And a lot of people have Amazon Prime. We and- do not, but hopefully it'll, I hope it'll go on something else at some point. I hear about a lot of shows on Amazon Prime and it's a couple Apple shows. 
that I wish I had access to, but I'm hoping they'll all end up on something one day. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't think Amazon stuff will because they have so much money. Um, and Amazon also yeah, has... Yeah, I say, they, they can afford to not do it. <laughs> right. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is fucking the, probably one of my favorite shows of all time. I mean, it's way up there. So I personally order stuff off Amazon Prime every week, like, to get shipped to my house for, like, the two-day shipping or whatever. So... It's worth it to me with not even thinking about the video stuff. And I don't even pay for it. My wife does. She she pays for it and then added me as her husband and then it automatically gives it to me, which is awesome. So anyway, people nice. out there. Benefits of marriage. Exactly. Uh, I, I recommend Amazon Prime, but I get, you know, some people don't ever get stuff shipped to them. But like the other day I accidentally bought coffee, whole coffee beans because I'm a fucking idiot and didn't read the package. And uh, <laughs> so now I'm like. Well, I could just go buy a coffee grinder on Amazon. It's like 20 bucks, and you hit the little, you know, it's an electronic one. And uh, so that's what I'll probably do. Um, you know, I got door handles for my car that I replaced. I just went on Amazon and bought a set of four. Like, they just have fucking everything. I don't know. I don't know how I get everyone hates Jeff Bezos, but I'm like, I don't see how you don't use the fucking Amazon. It's so convenient. Nah, I, I dig it. If it was a, if there was a Walmart Prime, that would probably be my version of it. Because I'm constantly ordering stuff from Walmart and having it shipped to me. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, they, they definitely got the Walmart app. Uh, I just, it's way easier for me to go to Walmart because the town I live in is so small. Um, you know, I mean, it's five minutes to get to the store, and I don't know, it's not too bad. A lot of people hate Walmart. I don't really uh-huh. hate it. I have it down. You know, like I'm, I ain't fucking getting stopped by you know nobody. Where you, you I know in, where I'm going. Out. Exactly. I do not worry about it. Um, and I. I don't hate Walmart. I hate going out and shopping in general. So clicking on shit and having it show up just works for me. All right. Like, I, I was made for this time that we're living in right now. Like it works for me. I I agree with hundred um, percent. Also, TV show wise, I meant to mention on the last episode of Snappy is that my favorite reality show of all time, which is Big Brother started last night at the time of me and you recording this because we're recording this kind of early and um i fucking love big brother it's an all-star season they brought back um a whole bunch of really fun house guests and uh you know i think it'll be a good time if people are missing sports or they're just at home need stuff to watch i just can't recommend big brother enough i i fucking love the show and uh Glad it's back. And Big Brother, that's that's live week to week, right? Up until like, like near the end, and then it's well. For, I know it isn't usually at the end, like like they gotta swear by the secrecy because you might find out who the. Oh, I'm thinking about Survivor. Never mind, never mind. That's Survivor. Exactly. But Big Brother's live the whole way through. Yeah, like every week, Survivor at least, or I'm sorry, Big Brother at least has one live episode. That's typically their their Thursday gotcha. episode, and then. Sunday and Wednesday, they have an episode that is using footage, you know, that they've taken throughout the week. But I have CBS All Access. I get, I've gotten it for shit since season 12. No, it can't be that long. Uh, whatever fucking season Ian won, I would know because I just watched the episode, but, uh, cause Ian's back. But anyway, whatever season Ian won was the first year me and Pow Wow, we went ahead and got the live feeds, you know, the CBS All Access, whatever it was called back then. It wasn't called All Access. And um, you can just watch the cameras in the house. So, like, we would just be fucking stoned watching. Oh, so it, it ain't even like an episode. It's just right. all, always streaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there are also Warrior shit. There's three episodes a week, but there are also you could just watch cameras like it's the goddamn Truman Show. And so <laughs> we just That's got cool. so into it. And uh, that se- like me and my mom have watched since season one. And then I missed seasons 10 and 11. Cause those were my first two years in college and I just didn't, I didn't have CBS or whatever. And then when me and pal moved in together, we figured out a way to watch it. Cause it turned out him and his grandma had been watching since like season two or three. And so I was like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And then, you know, me and him just got really into it, got my wife into it. And I tried snappy gave it a try last year, the year before wasn't, I think it was too much for him to keep up with. I mean, three episodes a week is a lot, but it's also so yeah, rewarding Whenever you put in all the time to it, you know, like, I don't know, it makes it more fun in a way. Yeah, you invest in the people. <laughs> it's like like a like a regular TV show. Like, 
you start investing in the characters that are actual real people and not actors. Right. Well, and they've had moments, you know, in the past where they've had kind of racist moments, you know, of like uh, there's this blonde chick that said some shit, you know, and then it got caught on the live feeds and then now CBS before any episode or even when you click on the live feeds, it's like anyone's opinions expressed are their own and not of CBS Viacom. And you're like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so it's all a, totally a thing. And then I think last season or maybe the season before, like the first four people eliminated were all minorities. And so, like, all the people on the Internet were like, everyone's being racist. And I was like, <laughs> but if you watch it, I really think it's just a, hap- a coincidence. I don't think anyone was trying. <laughs> it just happened that way. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes there's fun, you know, stuff like that that happens. I When I got CBS All Access, I was trying to go back and watch all the old seasons with Koopy. And uh, season two is where, like, my favorite – or top five favorite, you know, player of all time with Dr. Will's in there. So we're watching him one and there was a moment where, and of course this happened like when I was a fucking in elementary school. So this is like a long ass time ago. Uh, they get yeah. d- drunk. This one guy and this one girl and this dude like puts a knife to this girl's throat, but she's into it. You know, like it's weird. And he's like, Oh, oh yeah. I, I think I, I remember that. Yeah, and he's I like, actually are you into that? And she, like, I don't know, she just says and shit, and it's all weird. And then the next episode, you know, it's Julie Chen, who still hosts it, being like, we had to remove him from the show because of the Knopf incident. Yeah, and, this is this was dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, if you have CBS All Access, you can go back and watch all the old seasons, and it's fun watching how people are fucking dressed, and just how the people weren't used to being on reality TV shows yet, you know? So they were saying some fucking wild shit back in the day where everyone now is like kind of reserved and they know what's going to get them in trouble. That was not always uh, the case of the reality TV. Well, that reminds me kind of like I, when it first started, I watched, you know, maybe the first handful of seasons of the real world before it got to, before people started going on there just to be on, on tv right if that makes sense like it it was extra real and you just felt like you were watching people who maybe didn't know they were being watched in a way yeah and that i don't know that that was my kind of my kind of reality tv so i like when it had that See, extra realism to it i got cable when i was like eight years old something like that and they took mtv away within like six months after we got cable like i had it and i was like Damn. oh my god this is awesome and then all of a sudden they replaced it with Turner Classic and Movies. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? No beer. And um Where's my Beavis and Butthead, man? Where's my Beavis and Butthead? Right. And so I would say I was fourteen or so when my parents got Dish satellite. And then I got MTV back. But before that, the only really time I get to watch MTV was on vacations. Like if we would go see my grandparents in Colorado or if like we went to like Port Aransas texas one time like so you know we go on these random vacations in a hotel room and mtv would always have like the marathons you know which i think they literally did it for this reason i could be wrong and so i remember binge watching the real world hawaii because it had some black dude with blonde hair named like tech or something and he was so cool tech yeah i remember tech and then i remember i binged watching a similar scenario all of real world las vegas with alton and um Oh, yeah, yep. Out and then the slap heard around the world. <laughs> right. I remember that one. So I remember some of the early seasons like that. And then I think when I finally got, you know, Satellite Myself was the year they did. It was rather Austin, whichever one that one came first, or the one with Johnny Bananas. His money came after there. So it, they, they were around the same time, though. And then I remember used to always, like, loving the challenge back in that same time period. I was like, MTV was, was fairly cool. But yeah, I – Yeah, they – they were ahead of their time with a lot of that stuff, and then every network got it and kind of did right. a little bit better. And then, like, they got worse as everybody else got better. A, a weird opinion. And now, the cable company in the town we live in, they dropped MTV and Comedy Central at like some point in time. And so, if you had just normal cable, all of a sudden you didn't have MTV. So, that's really why I quit watching it originally. And then, um, but I think I, I didn't really watch it because they, had a lot of, they have a lot of scripted television shows, and I don't really like any of their stuff. They're very CW-like, and, and me, myself, I'm not a big CW uh, show type of fan these days. You know, it's not my my normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know I know the type of show you mean. Yeah, they, they all kind of have the same camera angle and lighting, and yeah. Right, and it's all like it's, more on the love story. 
than anything else. Um, oh yeah, always. <laughs> all right, and then the last thing before we get before into we some, get off TV. Oh yeah, go for it. Oh, I, I'm gonna ask you too. Uh, this is the HBO show. Did you ever finish Watchmen? Oh yeah. Okay, how'd you like it? Um, I liked it a lot. I see. I don't have any relation to the source material. You know, like I've never read the graphic novel. I enjoyed the movie a lot when it came out, but apparently not everyone did that likes the original, you know, source work, but that's how it goes. Um, I thought it was, I, I never know the source material for any of this stuff either. Right. Like I, I just take the movie as my source material. Like whenever stuff like that comes out, like I, all I know is the movies, the biggest the TV. <laughs> information I really got about it was I listened to Bill Simmons podcast and he had a writer on who wrote, I think it's the sixth episode, the one that there's the big reveal, you know, about the guy who removes his mask or whatever. And um, the mm-hmm. the writer was talking about how, you know, a lot of some people don't like the reveal of, you know, making, I don't want to spoil it, but just doing what they did with it because I guess that guy's like a big fucking deal in the original comics. And so, like, yeah, for them to make that big of a decision on the TV show this many years later, a lot of people feel like that's not right or whatever. But I think if it, if it, if you can retcon it and it makes sense, if you can go back and read the source material with the information they present and it still makes sense, I don't have a problem with it myself. But yeah, go for I, it. I don't, again, have fucking any ties to the original stuff. I don't know anything about the Watchmen. But I, the only, I also didn't really, I guess, enjoy that Rorschach, which was a very cool character in the movie. And this is just a collection of white supremacists. A symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of took his, him and made him a symbol of something else. Yeah, they, I thought he was actually going to be in it when I saw like some of the promo and stuff for it. But uh, yeah, I quickly realized that yeah, he was not in it at all. They just used his mask. Right. So, I don't know. I I didn't love that necessarily, but I thought it was good. You know, I think like yeah, I thought I thought the story was cool. I thought the the twists and the payoffs were good. Like. It, it didn't disappoint me. It brought the, the Tulsa. Like, I'm, I'm satisfied. It brought the Tulsa race riot, you know, thing. Uh, I don't know if it's the race riot, but like, well, you know, they bombed Black Wall Street. They kind of, yeah. It brought that to light in pop culture in a way that it never has been before. So that's cool. I mean, I think at the very least, it did that. So, yeah, because I, I learned something new about it. I thought it, it was weird too, because like I know it, it had been out. But when I started watching it, it was when like all the real life riots and stuff started, and I was just like, "Why is this so eerily like?" Right. Well, and the cops are wearing what's masks. What's happening right now? And I, and I know I'm behind. Yeah, everybody's wearing masks and shit, and it's like, damn. And I, I know I'm behind on this show. It's not like it just started. I'm just the one just watching it. But yeah, I thought that was weird. But also, it made it cool. I was like, well, huh? timeless, timeless shows, I guess. Right. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I would I would definitely recommend it on HBO. HBO has so many good shows. I mean, I really couldn't. There's not enough time to really go over them all. Um, I know I need to just because I have an HBO Max account, you know. So it's one of those things of where, well, I need to go ahead and just knock out shows I do love. So it says I've watched them, even though I've already watched them in another place. I'm just weird like that. So I want to go back and rewatch Eastbound and Down because it yeah, is. You got to check them out. <laughs> right, because Eastbound and Down is the single funniest show maybe ever like it's like i mean i, I the, love these bound and down the office Kenny powers like yeah is my favorite show like if you were telling me like i'd have just watch one show for the rest of my life it's the office no questions asked you know whatever but as far as like just the laugh out loud and like it just shocks me when i watch it or the first time i watch it like eastbound and down was top notch just fucking loved it I agree 100%. Anything uh, Danny McBride does is awesome. Um, All right, so it's kind of unrelated to television because I watch them on television. Basketball started, and it's really um, fucking awesome. I was going to ask you about that because I I don't keep up with sports a whole lot, so it it didn't affect me when COVID hit. Right. So how how was it watching a sport for the first time with the whole COVID? COVID conditions, especially basketball, like, did it feel the same or different or yeah, you I just think so it's, glad to have it back? It didn't matter. It's it's honestly better um, because uh, uh. In, in a few different ways. One, I don't watch many sports, but I do love basketball, so that's one I definitely watch. And the Thunder were the game in which they called it. I mean, the Thunder were playing the Jazz in Oklahoma City when the Jazz player tested positive for COVID, you know. So 
they the, that game was about to, I mean, I was about to watch that on my TV whenever the game got called. So it went from that to like months and months until, you know, the games came back and all that. And uh, they've kept the eight worst teams at home because they have no chance of making the playoffs. So all the games you're watching are all with the best teams, you know, or at least the eight worst the aren't best. there. That's and, awesome. And so all the games have been good. The first two games, uh, the night it came back, were like decided within two points. I mean, they came down to the wire. Um, so it's just been like, oh, my God, this is so great. And I personally don't think the fans add shit to a basketball game. You know, some people are like, the atmosphere is not the same. The pressure is not the same. Um, but they have these like little digital fan walls that people can watch from their webcam at home and then be on the wall. And, you know, that's fine for me. And they have some crowd noise pumped in, like the chants from different, you know, home crowds. So it kind of feels like it. And uh, they have this baseline camera that runs like, I don't know, maybe a foot off the ground or two foot maybe. And uh, you can tell it's like robotic on this bar sliding or something. And it looks so good. Like it looks like a video game angle. You know, like, oh, you should never see it. And so whenever they show it, it's always like, oh, it looks so awesome. Like, so there's been a lot of cool things about it. I think I know what you mean. And then uh, it also very much looks like NBA 2K. I mean, you know, for the most part. Like that almost cinematic angle where you're seeing, like, ankles and shorts. Right. And and it's kind of panning up almost. And even their three-quarters angle kind of looks like the game or whatever. But it it works, I think. I mean, I'm used to it. So I, I think it's great. Um I, something Bill Simmons mentions on his podcast and I kind of agree with is because there aren't fans underneath the basket, you know, like on the so close to the court that a lot of guys are running faster towards the basket. They're more aggressive because they're not worried about having to hit fans or if they like jump running to, into people or hurting people. Right. Or if they will go to say more people are saving loose balls and shit because they're not worried about hitting people. So I think it might they might have accidentally realized that maybe they should remove a couple rows, you know, to make a better product of the game. Yeah, give them a buffer zone. And then I think it's fun that uh, they've all said it's a very much a shooter's gym. Like a lot of three-pointers are falling in this gym. A lot of just jump shots are going in in general. And uh, so teams like, you know, LeBron's team, because LeBron's not much of a shooter, uh, he seems to be struggling in the gym because uh, for some reason. So it's interesting to see how it's going to play out, uh, you know, come the playoffs. Uh, I think we're at the time of this recording, we're about halfway through the the eight. They each play eight games before the playoffs start, you know, to kind of get their final seeding. So uh, we'll see how it goes. So typically, in case people have missed that, we've done this one other time. Uh, we're each coming with five artists. My goal every time is to yep. have three kind of mainstream artists and then two underground artists. And then you're, of course, allowed to do whatever the fuck you want with yours. And um, we're just going to recommend some stuff so since the last time we've done this i've started curating some spotify playlists i think they're pretty good it has helped me come across a lot of different um artists so i'm hoping that helps me you know find some good ones to recommend to people it's always cool in it that curating something um so yeah what are you gonna go with for your first artist here all right number one i'm gonna go with my bias so i'm going with graveyard Entertainment's own Sir Nasty. Uh, he is the number one premier artist of Graveyard Entertainment, and I've been a fan of his since we were both in, I'd say, knew him since elementary school, but really didn't know about him doing music till maybe late middle school, high school. Uh, and I've been a fan of his ever since. Uh, he's the only person to this day I know that recorded uh, mixtapes on actual cassette tapes using the karaoke machine and uh from there he's never stopped recording so just that uh that dedication like i've always been a fan of any artist who actually whether it's rap or you know singing whatever they do but if they consistently keep doing it uh that's usually enough to make me a fan like anybody i've ever been a lifelong fan of is because they never stopped unless they died like that's pretty much when they stop making music or stop making the type of music I like from them is when they died. So uh, he's definitely my number one pick. Uh, doesn't hurt that, you know, I, I work for his team. So I'm always trying to promote him. So I'm always listening to his music, but enjoying it makes it that much better. So he's definitely my number one this week as far as artists I listen to and still follow. Uh, Hell yeah. I figured eventually he'd be on your list. 
Um, oh, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy it. I listened to a lot of his songs recently for like an hour or so. I just kind of put on shuffle because I was trying to find just random ones to put on my playlist. And um, so I, I have listened to a few. What is your favorite Sir Nasty song? I got a couple of them. Probably the one I play the most just on my personal time. He's got a song called Cocaine Music that it's not it's not about what it sounds like because he, he's not a I guess you'd call like a trap rapper or a rapper that raps about selling drugs or even doing drugs with the exception of marijuana. He's he right. will rap about marijuana. But uh, it's just it's, the cocaine refers to he says he's got two types of flows. He's got a crack flow, which is his harder stuff. And then he's got the cocaine flow, which is more of a melodic kind of not even melodic, but just softer. Right. Uh, it's just a smoother raps. So but that song, uh, the hook just goes real smooth and it's just a dope song. Like I enjoy listening to that one. It's one of his most popular songs. So, you know, anytime we catch a song that other people like too, you know, we listen to it more to make sure there's something we want to push. And that's one of the ones that like I'm always listening to. Like it's even when I make my personal playlist with other artists on it, like that's always on there. Like, yeah. I really dig that one. Well, hell yeah. Um, my first one I'm going to go with is a rap group. I've noticed they popped up on my Spotify recommends thing a lot, you know, so somehow that's how I came across them. Uh, the rap group's name is 99 Neighbors. And um, from what I looked up very quickly, because I did not do near enough research on any of this shit, um, they were just a rap collective. It looked like I think there were nine people in the group. Uh, and then I would describe it as kind of like an alt pop vibe but hip hop still, um, you know, and it has really dope rapping, you know, I, and not a bad way necessarily, but I mean, you can tell some of the dudes are white in it. You know, they have like the definitely white boy flows, but there's also black dudes in it as well. And I never know who's on a song because they don't break it down like that. They're just all together called 99 neighbors. So every song's kind of a little different. You don't really know, you know, it's not like just the same person over and over. Um, but my favorite song of theirs that I have, because I have a playlist called A to the Favorites, and it's just like all the shit I'm really digging at the moment. And uh, they have a song called Ripstick that has been at the top of my A to the Favorites playlist for like a month. So that would be my... And it's their, it's their number two song on their Spotify page too, so I think other people like it too. Yes. So, and it's nothing like the one that's number one. Cause today I listened to what the number one one was and I was like, Oh, that's nothing like this other song. So they seem <laughs> to have, uh, some variety in there, you know, having again, so many members, but, uh, that is my trying to put y'all on people before they get too, too huge. But I think they're already huge. So who the fuck knows? Um, who indeed. All right, man. Who are you going with for number two? All right. Numero two. I'm going to go with the artist. That I would definitely say I'm Twitter friends with, uh, and I'm also a fan. I'm going with Chels, and that's with uh, three Z's at the end. Uh, she goes by at the real Chels on Twitter, and uh, she's a female rapper. Uh, and she also sings a little bit too, which I think that's what draws me to it. Uh, I'm all about, I love hearing rap and then hearing like a nice voice singing a hook, like. That usually sells me on a song automatically. Like I came up listening to rappers who rap really, really well, but then their hooks consisted of either female R&B vocals or male R&B vocals, and I was good with that. Like, like they didn't have to do their own shit, and that's what usually songs. Um, I've helped curate a couple playlists that feature her songs, and I'm definitely a fan of hers. Like she's got dope vibes, and I like her style of rapping mixed with singing it works for me yeah i have a few of her songs on my playlist uh you know the i think i'm up to the time that's recording nine or ten playlists i've put out in case anyone doesn't know um i'm on twitter at mg understream and i've been promoting some playlists this week and uh, anyway so i put her on a few so i've listened to a lot of her songs i i find that she has this unique like forced vibrato on her rap verses you know like she kind of forces this like 
uh, I don't know, a vibrato. If people know what the fuck that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go look it up, people. Right. <laughs> and uh, kind of makes her stand out for sure. You know, like, I think shit's cool that she's kind of developed her own little sound and stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, I can tell that's her. And she's wears very colorful clothes, has colorful hair. She's definitely, uh, you know, getting attention, acting like, a, you know, a, a star, if you will. So, yeah. Uh, see that? She, yeah, she got it. She definitely got an energy to her. I like the energy. Right. And so, that, yeah, it's definitely always cool. Um, all right. My number two, um, which is mainstream person, is – I mean, I keep saying like all these people I listen to the most, but it is because I just listen to all of them a lot. Um, so this one is Guap Dad 4000, which is just a dope name, to be honest. <laughs> uh, at first, I've heard a few of his songs, and he can do a lot of different styles as well, which I appreciate. Um, I would th- I would say Guap Dad 4000 would probably be like my favorite rapper. And the next one, I'm going to do at number three as well. Both of them would be like my favorite rappers if I was like 18 to 20. Like they gotcha. just have that good energy and they're like the don't give a fuck lyrics that you're like, I can't believe they said that. That's awesome. You know, good for them. But they're definitely part of the new school. You know, they're, they don't have the old school kind of thing going for him uh that, that some rappers do but anyway guap dad 4000 uh i would say my favorite song of his is called platinum falcon and i really enjoy that song it it kind of has like this it has a very distinct sound you know when as soon as you hear it you'll know um, but he has another song called prada process with uh black but you know with the six instead of the b and um Mm-hmm. That song's very good as well. So I don't. I mean, both of them I listen to all the time. Uh, but Guap Dad four thousand, he'll probably be a, a star someday. But uh, maybe he already is. I think he's got like fucking million listeners or some shit. But um, very very. Hey, he's long. got way more than me, right? Uh, <laughs> so I think he's very good um, and definitely someone I actually like of the kind of new school, you know, which is rare for me. Um. All right, man. So who do you got as your number three? Uh, number three, I'm going to stick with my selfish ways, and I'm going to go with myself. Uh, I go by Southern Comfort. Uh, but instead of a F in there, it's C-O-M, the number four R-T, uh, Southern, Southern underscore Comfort on Twitter. Really the only thing I use, uh, so there's really no other social media for me. But uh, I've been listening to my own stuff a good bit lately. I re- released a few projects since uh late last year and all older things that i never wanted to release and i just re-listened to them and threw together a couple of short projects uh five six songs just to put music out and as i listen to them as i put them out because it's i can kind of do my car test backwards i put it out and then i ride around listening to it and seeing how it sounds on the streaming platforms get myself some streams get some listens see if i really do like it and uh yeah i, I like my own stuff like, I, you know, a lot of people, they listen to their stuff and they're like, ah, I hate it. I don't like it. But I listen to it. I'm like, you know what? I like this guy. I like what he's talking about. I can relate to it because it's me saying it. Uh, I, I keep it not to not to be cliche, but I keep it real as in realistic. Like, I try not to talk about anything I haven't done or wouldn't do. I don't say anything that I wouldn't normally say. And, uh, yeah, I like myself. Yeah, I would I'm, say I'm my own number three. The. On, on your more recent project, uh, it's almost like religious rap or gospel rap, you know, whatever. I don't know what you call that. Because um, you do have like a lot of like Jesus lines. So, you know, so for, if, if anybody's into that, you know, I think they could look into it. I did notice that I think was definitely what stood out to me compared to your lyrics from your previous projects. Because I think for this, you kind of leaned into it more. But maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. 100% correct. I, I definitely went through, I think I went through a three album period where that was it. Like that was my, my goal was to lean more into my religious beliefs. Not in a force of my own people kind of way, but just a, look, this is what it is for me. Just like whatever it is for you is what it is for you. Like I represent that the same way they represent Gucci. And, you know, and Prada and all that shit. Like, I, I represent my shit the same way, except if I'm talking about the cross or shit like that. And I think at the time I wrote a lot of those, there was a lot of stuff going on with ISIS. So I dropped a lot of ISIS lines in there that I noticed. Um, 
but yeah, it's just it's nice to look back sometimes and just hear your own words and sometimes you hear stuff you're saying, you're like, yeah, man, I'm dope. <laughs> like <laughs> more people should be into me. I mean, I'm, I'm cool. super bipolar with my music. Um, that's why I'll never say my name on one of these lists. And um, where I di- I have times where I can listen to old ass shit I've done, and I'm like, fuck, I was so good. And then I can the next day listen to shit and be like, I don't even know why I do any of this. I'm fucking horrible. So, like, I go back and <laughs> forth. I'm not like, oh, I feel the same way all the time. But I think in general I think I'm good because – I think I I write good line. You know, I'm like, ooh. I was like, maybe not everyone gets that punchline, but if they did, oh my god. You know, and and I guess that's yeah, kind of part when of when they like, get it. That's part of it. You know, making something everyone can get. But I do think I just have lines that are. I'm like, that's so good that someone will steal that someday. You know, someone even if it's by accident. You know, like it's just such a good line. Someone will come across it. Um. So I, I those are my thoughts about me, but. Um, in general, I'm also like, I don't think I'm as good as my favorites, but I definitely think I'm better than shit that I hear that is successful, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense to me. Awesome. All right. Uh, my number three, this is the last of my uh, more mainstream, is a rapper by the name of Tokyo's Revenge. I don't know anything about this rapper. Um I know he only has like eight songs on fucking Spotify, which makes me think he's an industry plant, which could be, but his beats are fucking awesome and they hit hard as shit and they got like distorted 808s and he comes out just rapping about how his dick's hard and how all kinds of vulgar ass (laughs) shit and I just fucking love it. I hear it and I'm like, I know I'm like an old man now, but this would be like, I would love this shit if I was 16 and I love it now. So of course I would. Um, but I just, I very much am into it. I'm glad um, they're keeping that sort of energy alive. It's very punk rock, you know, but in rap music, sort of the energy. And um, I like that because I for definitely for a while thought like all modern hip hop was just going to be this R&B half singing baby talk shit, you know, like, so I'm glad that there is this kind of, you know, I would say Tokyo's Revenge isn't, it's not emo rap, but it comes from that sort of vein. It's just like an angrier version, maybe. I don't know. But I fucking like it. I listen to it. It is also the very top of my list. Definitely gets me hype. Um, I made a whole playlist called Thiz Faced, basically based around this dude's sound. So <laughs> That's how much I'm into it these days. No, man. All that matters is what you're into, man. Right. So, all right. Who do you got? Number four. All right. Coming in at number four, I'm going to lean away uh, from the rap and hip hop. And I'm going to go to some, I would call it more R&B. Some people might call it soul. But uh, there's an artist by the name of Roberto Horns that I found just through. Uh, it was it was actually a what the hell is that site called. It's a site where you exchange listening to people's music for credits. And when you get enough credits, you can like acts for other sites and stuff to listen to your music. But he was one of the uh, artists that I listened to to get like a credit to try to get one of my songs listened to. And I really liked the song. The song was called Porn. And the name caught my attention. I was like, Porn. Let's see where this is going to go. And he's just a dope singer. Uh, He uses a lot of horns in his beats. I assume he makes his own beats just because they all have the same type of sound and he incorporates those horns in there. But uh, as far as singing goes with male singers, he might be one of the only ones that I actually listen to now. Uh, my life pretty much revolves around rap and a couple female singers. And then he's the only male singer I listen to. But he's uh, at Roberto Horns on Twitter. And uh, his music is dope. I've never heard a song of his that I didn't like. Hell yeah. I mean, I feel the same way not to get this person on my list, but... We had my, my compiled thoughts. You know, he's been on a few of the music podcasts. And every time he sent a song, I was like, man, I don't even really get into singers, but I just fucking love all the, all the, all the songs he does. <laughs> so um, every once in a while, man, you come across the right person and you're like, yeah, that shit's dope. Um, so yeah, I'll have to check him out. Um, you know, maybe we'll get him on one of my cool new playlists. Nice. Um, all right. My number four is going to be someone who was on Internet Friends too. Um, All right. It's someone that I just feel like by his numbers, 
he does not get enough love. Now, I think recently one of his songs finally broke a thousand plays, which it's been on my playlist for a while. So I don't know if I helped at all, but uh, Mikey Lacks. You know, Mikey Lacks, uh, yeah. he's yeah. called into this podcast. He had a, a project called I'm Depressed. I mean, I don't want to be mean. It's definitely, you know, the white kid rap show. You know, I'm the same way. We get introspective, us uh, chubby white kids that rap. And, I, you know, so I relate to him in that sense, you know, because we do have some similarities there. But I just think he's very talented. You know, I think he's his writing's very good. I think his flow is good. Um, he doesn't have enough songs out, which I guess is his weakness. You know, he should be putting out more music at this time of his life, I feel like. And uh, I don't know. I just think he's good. I hope he puts out more stuff. I know he doesn't have like a whole lot of followers. He doesn't get a whole lot of listens, but I think he deserves more. And so I'm hoping, you know, and I've been trying to tell everyone, like, just get on Twitter, try to interact with people. I don't know how the fuck I got above 2000 goddamn followers. I, none of them are fucking real, to be honest. At least most of them don't interact with me. So uh, I didn't buy them or anything. They just fucking random fuckers that follow me. Um, so anyway, I like Mikey Lax. I think my favorite song of his, um, I'll say is Father Time. I thought that one was really good. But he also has other ones. Uh, KYS Part 2, I remember really liking. He has one called Over Now, which is t- totally not my style. It's like some weird bubblegum poppy rap shit, but I love it whenever it comes on my playlist and shit. So, um, you know, I'm just a big fan of Mikey Lax, and I hope, you know, good things happen to him. Now, the first time I heard him, and you might have to correct me on the song, but you did a short project called Smoke Break. Was it gone that he did the hook on? Uh, yeah. Is that the right, is that yeah. the one I'm thinking of? Correct. Yeah. Gone. Yeah, he, I, I loved him on that hook, and then uh, the song he did on Internet Friends, too, I've been, playing that since it came out uh just well right now to be almost seven days ago i don't know when this episode will come out but if you had her internet friends too you're missing out on the collab album of the year might be the collab album of the decade uh i'm, I'm gonna say that because i've listened to it forward and back on shuffle off shuffle and it's a dope ass album but the song you got on there with mikey lax definitely one of those dope songs uh and i follow them so you know hopefully we can get them added to a couple playlists. You know, my theory, and I always say theory because I, I don't research a lot of this shit. I just, I look and see how it looks like it works for my numbers and also for certain nasty. But the more playlists you're on, it looks like the more you could get suggested to other people. Right. So I'm all about getting people on playlists, getting the playlist out to as many people that might listen to them as possible. And even if it's only one person listening to you per playlist, if you're on 400 or 500, that might get four or 500 more people for you to at least pop up on their little suggestion stuff, you know, on whatever they listen to you on. So right. just because a playlist isn't getting you a million streams, don't don't doubt the power of a playlist. Like I said, we we work hard to get nowadays. We're trying to get my music on more, too. But we've gotten so nasty music on a lot of playlists. And the more we put them on, the more he gets on the more we notice people listen to it other ways too. So it's even if it's not that playlist, somehow that algorithm gets affected by you getting added to somebody's playlist. I don't know how, but I, it works and right. it helps. And I really need to get back on the sound plate and uh, which is a website you can submit to some uh, playlists. I mean, I was the first few days the internet friends two came out. I was like a hundred percent on getting on plate. Like, I mean, everyone I submitted to were like, yeah, we're adding that shit. So, um, and I just kind of haven't been on in a couple of days. So I'm like, fuck, I'm slipping up. It happens. Um, all right. So big shout out, Mikey Lax. All right. Who is your fifth artist? Oh shit. Already at number five. All right. Number five. You're going to have mixed feelings about this guy. We've already kind of talked about him a little bit. But I'm going with the guy who presented the original Internet Friends and Internet Friends 2. I'm going with A to the Mo. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I discovered A to the Mo because he was already rapping and he was already out there. But the first way I heard A to the Mo was I saw a Twitter post about submitting music to a podcast. Uh, I work with Graveyard Entertainment. We're always trying to get Sir Nasty's music on podcasts. You know, internet radio shows, playlists, whatever we can get it on to get it heard. So I submitted to it. But part of what we do anytime we submit to something, 
especially if we're going to get played on it. We want to support it too. So I went back, listened to a couple episodes of the podcast. At that time, it was the music one I was listening to. Then I went back and listened to the regular one. Through that, discovered that he also did music. You know, he wasn't he wasn't just a podcaster. So I went back and listened to a couple of his albums. I believe the first one I listened to was Too Pretentious. Am I getting that name right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, that was the first one I listened to. And I'm I'm be honest. When I listened to it, I was like, ah, I don't think I like this guy. I, I don't think this is for me. And the reason I think I didn't like it, I, I believe I heard the answer in one of your podcasts I ended up listening to. And I could be wrong on this, so you can definitely correct me since you are A to the Mo. But on some of the songs, I, I think I know all the beats, everything you put out, it's always your beats. On some of the songs, it didn't sound like the verses were written to that beat. It almost sounds like they were verses that you just put on the beat. Like you already had the verses, but then just you spit them to those beats once you made them. I mean, and I might be 100% wrong on that, but that's how it sounded to me. On those, I mean, I wouldn't really remember, to be honest, been song ago, but I would say on every project that's came since, I've done that. So, Internet Friends 2, you just listened to, I've done that on probably, I don't know, a third of the songs and all of the pessimistic EP, every one of those verses I think were written before the beats were made. So it is, that's something I just do, do often. I would say too pretentious. What makes it different is the fact I actually wrote all of those. Pre- I, I like, think I'm thinking of the pessimist. Then I'm not thinking of too pretentious, too pretentious was the one that was more like every song was more of a, all your songs were personal, but it was more, yeah, it was like introspective real, songs. I would yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Where okay, the pessimist, no, I'm not. I'm not thinking of that one. I'm thinking about the pessimist. Okay, yeah, say because that one, all of those were were before the beats. Um, and so, and, and the only reason I say that because on some lines it would sound like it was forced into the space instead of being written into it. If that makes sense, right? Understand. Um, well, and I think uh, you know, for instance, I just saying about music because we're talking about it. Uh, too pretentious i've gone back and listened to recently which was the first it's the first album that i made all the beats for you know it's the first thing i made after i learned how to make beats and i fucking love it i love how shitty i kind of am you know i mean it is very personal on that one the lyrics because i kind of made the whole thing about depression in a way not not exactly but kind of and um yeah it had that thing i was definitely like just proud of kind of what I accomplished in a way. I done a lot of weird shit and a lot of weird mixing choices. And uh, I kind of want to get weirder like that. The thing about the pessimist EP, I think um, is it was done on before this microphone I'm currently talking on. So it was four songs I had recorded before I got this microphone. And I was like, well, I'm just going to put them out because it's all going to sound different once I have a new microphone. So, that's another reason they're all kind of like that. I personally love the pessimist EP. Cause I think, um, does that make sense? His beat is so good. Like I really killed that. Like jazz fucking feel. I don't know. Like that's not something I can normally do, but I really, um, enjoy it on that one. And then I had done some sampling, you know, on a song that like producing wise, I like what I did on it. I guess I'm all like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm good job. Um, but like, Currently, I'm trying to work on maybe a solo album. Not, I don't have any definitive plans, but you know, I have two different people, and I have Don't Understand, which I both think are really good, and they kind of go together. So I'm like, I could keep those two and mm-hmm. make a few more songs to kind of finish off some sort of project in that vein. But it, those songs are like kind of really good, and those verses I wrote years ago for both of those songs. So I just happened to find the right beat to really I, set it off, I feel like. I, honestly, I thought all those singles you dropped were probably a part of a larger project that you just broke up and threw out as singles. Like I could see those probably being configured into an album. Right. Well, I and, think you put out about five singles before Internet Friends, too, I want to say. Yeah, Maybe. but anything that ends in the word flow, to me, is not like an album song. It's like a just a... A ra- a, a freestyle type thing. Right. It's not a freestyle. Not, not a freestyle, but... It's uh, just grab... You know, I've tried to explain this before, but Lil Wayne, back during the squad up days, you know, he would just grab a notebook mm-hmm. on a beat would play and he would start reading through his notebook. And that's kind of what I do. Um, I just have all these verses and I'm like, oh, none of these are getting used for anything. Let's just throw them all together and see what happens on this beat. That's kind of what had to do with it. The word flow is the last word um, in the song. So, 
you know, those I kind of just throw out there. Roll a spliff with Karma. I think it's fun. I mean, it's got more plays, I think, than any other of my songs uh, recently. You know, it's not like on the top of the list or whatever. But I don't think it sounds like me necessarily. Or I don't think it necessarily fits with those other songs. So I think that one will probably stay a single. Um, but who knows? Who knows? And I make so many fucking beats. Really, my problem is I just don't write enough. You know, I just have to, if I could, or if like, you know, because my wife's here all the time because of the way uh, quarantine and stuff works, I don't ever have moments where I just get to be fucking stupid on a microphone and record dumb shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. and sometimes that's needed to come up with some stuff. So right now I'm just kind of making a bunch of beats. I'm trying to make a bunch of beats for internet friends three. So we can just go ahead and get that started. Cause honestly, internet friends projects are not hard for me to rap on. You know, I'm, I rely on the other artists to make the whole song, and then I just have to do one one verse at the end. So it's all fairly fairly simple. Well, speaking on both of those, uh, Internet Friends One and Internet Friends Two are two dope ass albums. Like two of my favorite, as far as I said, I don't listen to it mainstream music. I I prefer underground. And what I've noticed is that a uh, a lot of a lot of underground people they can make good singles but they either don't make albums or they make albums and you can tell a lot of it's just filler like i've come across a few who have made really good albums that i can play over and over but for the most part a lot of them i play one time and i pick my favorite two or three songs and that's kind of it but i can honestly say on both internet friends one and two i mean for the i, I honestly can't think of any songs on those that i just don't like like i even the ones that I liked the least grew on me as I listened to them more. I'm like, you know what? That actually, something about this vibe is so different. I actually like this a lot more than I did the first couple times I heard it. Right. So See, that's I, another reason why, like I said, it's, you, you're one of the artists I listen to the most right now. You got dope flows, like you were talking about with your punchlines, 40-year-old virgin line. Uh, definitely caught that the next couple times. you like. I actually listen for it now in that song just because I heard you mention it, uh, you know, about putting that line in there about the pussy on a pedestal. Right. Like, just the fact that I know it's in there and then I hear it coming, I'm like, yeah, that, that was tight. <laughs> like, you you work hard on getting those punchlines in and you can tell when somebody works to to make that stuff work and fit in there. And when it sounds good, it sounds good. You're saying, see, I still, I'm to the point where there's songs on the internet, Friends One, that I don't love. Like, even songs I love, like Big O' Round Titties, there's, I don't like the beat anymore. I'm like, oh, the beat sucks. And, uh, you know, I never, I never liked the internet Friends Cypher. I did it because I think everyone else did well on it, but I hated my verse. Um, last night, I never. I think that's probably the one I, that's probably the one I skipped the most is probably the Cypher. Right. Uh, I, last night for whatever reason faded on me pretty quick and then the paranoid one i liked at the time but now i don't like it as much i don't like the hook as much you know and i like dijon and all but I, we probably should have got another recording of it or something you know like in hindsight but you live and you learn and I've, i'm just better at mixing now than i was when i made that so um you know, it's hard to realize in the moment when you're making those small gains. But I think when you look back, you're like, like when I listen to Too Pretentious, it sounds like a fucking mix in a tin can or whatever. But you live in your life. <laughs> and that, that's the thing about putting out, like when you put out and keep putting out music or keep putting out beats, you can actually, that gives people a chance to hear you, like how you grow. Like, I, I know a lot of people who make music and never put it out. And I'm like, and by the time you put something out, like nobody's gonna know how much you grew because that's gonna be the first thing they hear or the only thing they hear. Like, right? Sometimes you gotta just put shit out and let well, people hear the how way much I better see you it. Get. And then I have to get to my fifth person because I'm sure you know people are waiting, fucking bated breath or whatever. Um, <laughs> the way I see it is like, let's say I someday make make a song that does pop, right? Like the beach is so fucking awesome. And then I, I just fucking kill it. And then somehow the right people hear it and it fucking blows up in some sort of way. Right. And then let's say I would make right. like a hundred thousand dollars on that song, you know, because of that, those streaming numbers. But if I have a bunch of old songs that people can go listen to, I would make even more money, 
Because they're like, yeah. of course they're going to go listen to those. Like, I don't get, because I have friends who do this, they want very few songs in their catalog so it looks like they're new. Like, somehow that's a benefit. Whereas, and I'm like, man, if you ever blow up, though, like, let's just, let's quadruple that, those numbers up. Like, let's give more fucking songs to play. That's how I would view it. Yeah. Like I said, it gives, if you ever get a true fan, like, they're going to be disappointed if you only got five songs. Like, that's just how it's going to be like they're eventually like they're going to move on to somebody else. If all you got is five songs, right? Like Tokyo's and, Revenge, who I mentioned earlier, like I'm always, I'm like, Dang, he only has that many songs. That's kind of crazy. Like it's weird. Um, and again, maybe he had a name called Tokyo before. And then he now is Tokyo's Revenge. I don't fucking know. Anyway. All right. My number five is uh, someone I found through my playlisting Twitter account. So I feel like I should try to include at least one of these every time as well to show that these aren't just Makes friends. Sense. These are just people who I just fucking happen to come across, and I thought they were dope enough to put them on this list. The name of the artist is Tilo Minotti. It is spelled... Tilo Minotti. Uh, T-L-O-W-M-I-N-A-T-I. So, uh, ah, got him. I don't know how many monthly listeners he has or whatever. Um, really, I just enjoy his energy. Uh, he has submitted a few songs to my different playlists, and uh, everyone he submitted, I think he submitted like four, and like three of the four I've put on playlists, you know. So, uh, that's pretty good percentages. And, um, oh no, I just like his I energy, say. I like his, uh, what he's going for. It's a little more new school, you know, than maybe music I make necessarily, but, uh, that's fucking cool. I'm not going to be a hater. And, um, I don't know. I just like it a lot. So I'm going to recommend him to people who need new music. Any favorite songs of his right now? Um, yes. The one I wrote down here is new city. That one I added to a playlist. I know of my dog's barking at fucking something. Yeah, I thought you were just really excited about New City, and I was like, okay, that's not him. <laughs> that's the dog. <laughs> yeah, I got my DMX on. It's fucking crazy. Um, so anyway, that's Nymeria, if anyone's curious, if y'all can hear her. If I don't know how many, how the editing process is going to go. But all right, so sorry, T. Luminati, if like somehow you are tagging this and you listen to this whole fucking podcast just for that little bit. But... Here you are at the fifth one. So, um, you know, I'll check out more of his music, of course, so I could see, you know, some for playlists. Uh, and I'm sure you will as well. I'm sure that's sure. why you're looking shit up. And, um, yeah, I don't know where he's from. I don't know any of that shit. Uh, but I liked his music. Hey, hopefully he'll have it in his music and we can learn it from that. Yeah. I mean, it says New City, so he might say what city he's in. I just might be an idiot and I'll be listening. All right, man. You got anything else we need to you need to talk about before I let you go here? No, nah, man. That was it. Uh, thanks for having me again. It was awesome. In the words of Pow Wow, boom. In the words of uh, Skinny, keep on pushing. All keep right. fucking pushing. And then uh, at the end here, we'll play our song from Internet Friends too, just so uh, you know people can hear how dope it is. Hell yeah! Run that shit up. What's the name of the song again? Uh, make it happen. Fucking right. All right. Peace, Ben. Yo.
I started rapping, it's no accident I'm smoking weed and then I started snapping Puff, puff and pass it, goddamn I feel fantastic But you already know this, grab your pussies like photos Too high, you can't hold this Cut from a different cloth, you don't fold this Trying not to lose focus I make magic, I should say hocus pocus Me plus what might do that equals the truth Man, you know what I'ma do when I'ma get in the booth It's like I spit so fucking hard, I think I just chipped the tooth And then I take so many hits, you would've think it's abuse It's like who you listen to, ain't do the most motherfuckers Or just mo' two letters for you slow motherfuckers I'm not your average rapper, I'm just an average cracker This stays hitting grass like a damn weed whacker Ooh. I'm out here trying to make it happen Who out here trying to make it happen we out here trying to make it happen. Oh my, the beat is so fly. I, I, I'm out here trying to make it happen. Who out here trying to make it happen? We out here trying to make it happen. Oh my, the beat is so fly. I, I.